header. Great tackle. Great tackle. Good job. Hello. I am a robot. You are listening to Scorpio. A 200% podcast. Hello games fans and welcome to Scorchio, the podcast where we review old football video games. All the way back to 1995. <laughs> that was really smooth by the way. Oh. That was like <laughs> Mark Goodyear's smooth. No, I liked it. Oh, well, I enjoyed okay. it. We should be true to ourselves, be true to the you know the state in in time and place in which we find ourselves, and well, uh, just just run with it. But it is nineteen ninety five. It's not. It's it's the end of nineteen ninety five. Actually, it came out in November nineteen ninety five. So actually, when you're playing the game, it says I think copyright nineteen ninety six on it. Here's a fact for you. It came out on the 11th of November. Oh, there you go. 1995, which was the day after FIFA 95 came out. Right. Free poppy with every copy. Yeah. <laughs> it just stuck stuck onto the front with a bit of sellotape. Advertisement slogan for you there. Just a 25 yeah. years too late. Desperately missed opportunity. As previously discussed, my time machine... Is nearing completion, yeah. but uh, it, it's not completely safe just yet. You'll know when your time machine is completed because all of these podcasts will disappear. Well, about <laughs> about they'll just disappear. <laughs> they they will never have existed, yeah. and you won't even remember them ever happening. Yeah, either that or the entire crust will be blown off half the planet. Well, I mean, it's, yeah. it's one or the other. I mean, giving you That's, a time machine yeah. is always going to result there's in only, one or the other. There's only one way to find out. International Superstar Soccer Deluxe is what we're talking about before we get too far away. International Superstar Soccer Deluxe! Yes. No, it's all right. It's only a couple of minutes. It came out for the Super Nintendo, Mega Drive and PlayStation. Mm. Yes, the PlayStation came out earlier in 1994, didn't it? So um... It's like an... This is the first game that we've done that has got that 32-bit trickster interloping. Yeah, so when did you get a PS1? First questions Um, first. Probably... 96 I think I was a bit later than that because I had a PC that was quite expensive um, because PCs were quite expensive and I think it cost, I think my PC cost me about 1200 quid so I played games on that 
for so long as I was able. And I don't think I got a PS1 until about 1999. Nice. But it meant that the good games were all there, a lot of them were cheap. Well, that is actually a very important point with the PS1, because I don't think that there were really any really, really good games to get your teeth into for a couple of years. Yeah. Certainly not football games. And certainly not this, if you had bought it for your PlayStation. I mean, the thing with the PS1 is that it was so far ahead of what had come before it that it took people a while to get to grips with it, really, and what it was capable of. I mean, that happens with every computer system, but um, especially with kind of like proper 3D coming in for the first time, this was just like a whole new world for most people who were getting involved with it. It was very exciting for everybody involved. Yeah. Discs. Discs. Games on discs. Mm. Like CD discs. And I mean, CDs were relatively new. It seemed like every, everything was uh, coming at once. It turned out, of course, that everything was coming at once. We just had to wait 25 years. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, the... the, the... The PS1 was the first games era that I was involved in where budget games or getting games for less than the retail price was really important. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You could go into a shop and buy a new game, newish game, for eight quid. Um, uh, or, over know, the days. A, you know, a, a re-release or whatever of... Of, of one of the great old games and 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 that was kind of commonplace by the time I got my PS1 and I yeah, did the old, get uh, the old platinum range yeah and I didn't get a PS2 until about 2002 2003 something like that so yeah. I'm like I say you know I think I mentioned before I am not an early adopter and no. um, and I wasn't really a particularly early adopter of the of the PS One, but of course, the thing is that by the time I bought a PS One, I was already extremely familiar with it because m- most of my friends had one. Yeah, and so you know, I mean, I remember playing Silent Hill when that came out on the PS One, and that must have been nineteen ninety seven, maybe ninety eight. Possibly uh, the end of possibly the end of ninety eight. I don't know, something like that. Is that the one with zombies in it? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, great. I never I've, got into any of them. I'm never going back to Silent Hill because if I played it again now on the PS One, I would be enormously disappointed with it mm. graphically. I think that I think that that is uh, an admirable attitude mm. and, and one that we don't live by when it comes to old football games yeah. anymore. Oh yeah, yeah. Apparently, yeah. the thing is that but the difference is that. I think that Silent Hill was the most graphically incredible game I'd ever seen to that point. Yeah. So it was important, you know. And it is worth pointing out that some of these games fall into that category as well. Mm. I mean, FIFA 95, when it came out, looked pretty fly. Yeah. I mean, it still looks respectable. Which yeah. Does, yeah. It beg, begs the question, why... They carried on making games like International Superstar Soccer. International Superstar Soccer Deluxe. Because it doesn't, it didn't play as well as the best game available. It didn't look as good as the best game available. Mm. Well, I mean, I think we should quickly kind of, I'll, I'll tidy up a little bit of history. Frame the history, yes, because this yeah. is a very important, uh, very important game. 
Because this is basically two parallel series that Konami had going at the same time. Yeah. There was ISS, uh, which is International Superstar Soccer. International Superstar Soccer! And then there was also Pro Evolution. Yeah, soccer. Winning Eleven. Or Winning as it Eleven, was also yeah. And, and the thing is, it's in- unbelievably complicated, the way these things are interwoven. And I think people occasionally say that, oh, ISS was the predecessor of... Pro Evolution, and I would say that that's a bit of a stretch. I would say that, I mean, they were made by Konami. One was made by Mm. the Kyoto Studio, uh, which is ISS, and one was made by the Tokyo Studio, which is Winning Eleven. So the way that they look, the way that they play... Well, the, uh, you can see. I, I would say they were cousins, which I mean would mean that they were able to marry each other. Well, yeah, but they're also direct opposites because Pro Evolution Soccer, from its very very first editions, has tried to be a simulator, whereas yeah. ISS was always more supposed to be an arcade-like experience. I don't yeah. think there's a great deal of pretension or, or expectation of complete realism with ISS. I think, actually, in in that regard, it did okay, because it did play like a lot of the literal arcade football games that I have played. Yeah, yeah. Which is to say that arcade football games aren't actually really much cop. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's like playing two completely different games, or types of game, and I... As one of the things that I actually intended to raise in this in this podcast is that one of the things that I've learned from this series that we've done is that I prefer simulation over arcade. Yes, um, and of course, I mean the the uh, the other great franchise that was developing at the time, FIFA, actually offered you the choice of arcade or simulation modes mm, within yeah, the yeah. game. And it didn't actually make a great deal of difference to how the game played, but it was at least an acknowledgement of that fact. Yeah, but that, that that withered on the vine, didn't it? Well, yeah. But, you know, they were, I think they were saying we're aware that there is now uh, a, a, a great battle afoot for the soul of football gaming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they play. They paid lip service to it, at least. I mean, it's weird, really, because because arcade was dominant for so long. Yes, you know. Ar- um, well, at time was, of course, the arcade, arc- the arcade version of any game was going to be the best version of it. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I have Mame on my um, on my laptop, and I've got about I don't know forty or fifty games for that, and um, the actual original arcade versions of games are just so much better than any port. Yeah. They just well, I mean, are, uh, yeah. Arcade meant was a byword in, in video gaming for excellence when yeah. I was young. I mean, amongst amongst the games that I would list that as being uncontrovertibly true is Pac-Man, Galaxians, and Galaga, and Phoenix, which is a brilliant shoot 'em up game. Commando, Bomb Jack, Bubble Bobble, all from the 1980s. A lot of those games, they haven't managed to capture the essence of those in yeah. in the home market until 
very recently. Yeah. Like the last decade recently. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I I just I emulate the original ROMs because it's easier. Uh, yeah. and, and you can get. I've got a handful of old games on the PS4. I've got Galaga, Dig Dug, and Pac Man on the PS4. Dig Dug. Yeah. Is that anything to do with Hey Dougie? Nah, it's kind of. It's a game where you have to dig tunnels into ears. You have to dig tunnels into the ground and collect oh, okay. things whilst keeping away from things that come after you in the tunnels, sort of thing. Wow, that it's sounds quite, pretty intense. Yeah, it was like a free pack of games for like three pounds or something, or three pounds thirty. And I was like, "Oh, do you know what? People are so used to getting stuff for free these days that I'm complaining about paying three pounds thirty for three games, all three of which I know I will play and I know I will like." Yeah, but you know, complaining is a, a yeah. fundamental human right. And it should never be denied. Yeah, it might even have been five games. Now I come to think of it, because I think I've got Bubble Bubble on there as well, um, and and another one. But uh, like I say, it's it's ridiculous. It's you know, um, but the arcade versions were always better uh, because the chips were more powerful. Um, but at the same time, the move away from arcades had begun by the mid to late 1980s. Um, People were moving towards consoles. In America, it was the NES that was the first to take off. In this country, it was really the ZX Spectrum and the Commodore 64 were the first games machines to take off. Uh, Consoles didn't really start here until the snes actually even the nes didn't sell that well in this country Mm. and the master system obviously the sega master system so um it's a kind of convoluted history but it moves away from arcades and towards consoles and pcs and consoles and pcs kind of end up taking slightly different directions which is fine uh, but the thing is that consoles start becoming able to do some of the PC things and they're so much cheaper and more accessible and easier than going to an arcade that stinks yeah. of old fags and sex offenders, you know? As well as the the technological aspect of what caused people to move away from the arcades, there were also social pressures and they weren't particularly salubrious areas. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I and mean, and the, the sort of the sort of places that your parents would advise you to not go to unless you know you wanted to get bummed or robbed or bummed well, yeah. and robbed. Yeah, I mean there is that, but I do just think it's more um more the truth that the games changed in this way because they could. You yeah. couldn't you couldn't uh, sim- accurately simulate a football match in 48 kilobytes of RAM. 48 kilobytes well, of code is no. nothing. So people are going to go down the arcade approach and right up to like the the uh, the Mega Drive and the SNES. Yeah, it's people. That's... Yeah, I think people will go up to a certain, there's a certain point at which there is no substitute. And then there's a crossover point whereby if you can get away with staying in your house, sat on your fat ass, eating 
ginsters. Yeah, I, but I just think that by the by certainly by the middle of nineteen nineties, by the by the PS by the time of the PS one, it's over. Arcades, yeah. basically. I mean, they still exist. They still kind of churn out games because they can, and machines and tables and what have you. But I mean, Sega were the biggest. Um, they pulled out years ago. Yeah, you know. I mean, it, it do. I mean, I don't know if we've touched on the. Um, absolutely hilarious launch of the Sega Saturn. Which, it has come up briefly here yeah, and there. Which which essentially killed the company. Just very, very briefly. Uh they were go they were releasing the Sega Saturn at the same time as the PS one. And they both consoles were going to be launched in the September October time. I think it was the September time. And then suddenly, without any explanation particularly at all, Sega announced that it was released and they'd done a limited edition release in about the May beforehand, something like that. And they gave out a price and all the rest of it. And um, and so what happened was that the Saturns went on sale and they, they announced the price at this uh, games expo. What's the really big games expo called? It was that one. Um, oh, I have absolutely no idea. I can't it's remember. It's probably got an X in it. Yeah, I've I can't remember what it's called. It's the massive one. And so they went in and 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 they and the guy said, right, we're launching and it's three hundred ninety nine dollars, and it's coming out like next week or today. It's on sale now in a small number of selected shops. And so Sony were doing their reveal for it. And like I say, this was about four months before it had been they were going to be coming out. And so the Sony executives just walked in to the thing and he got up on the uh, podium and he just said two ninety nine and turned around and walked off. <laughs> also, they weren't going on sale until the September so what happened was that A, Sega pissed off a lot of the retailers who initially refused, I think I've got a feeling that Walmart might have refused to stock the Saturn and that's a big fucking deal in America, you know Um, and they didn't have enough, they didn't have enough of them they were, you know, it was a brand new console People who were making games haven't been told about this. Now suddenly, these games all had to be rush released, and meanwhile, so and it was a hundred dollars more than the PS One. So a lot of people just went hundred bucks. I'll hold back until September. And so this the PS One crushed it in the sales market to such an extent that Sony not only um, had to kind of terminate its life almost immediately but it it basically set in motion a chain of events which led to the company just pulling out of the console market altogether yeah you know the company that had made the fucking mega drive yeah and within 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 two decades i think it was about 2000 and Three two thousand and four, something like that, is when they pulled out of the the console market. They just, I know, they they did one more, didn't they? Afterwards, 
after the Saturn. I can't remember. What yeah, it was called. I can't remember any of these things because uh, they were completely obsolete by that point. If it was, if it wasn't PlayStation, it was nothing. Well, it, it, yes and no because I mean, obviously Microsoft stepped into the market, and then you've got Xbox. Yeah, but that's that just what... the PlayStation for people who've got Asbos. Right, okay. Well, but that's what, 2001, 2002, something like yeah, that? Yeah, somewhere around that. Yeah. So there was a market for another console. It's just that Sega absolutely shat the bed. They really did shit the bed. Um, and it was three letters or three words, you know, 299. They couldn't believe their luck. They pitched it at a price which allowed them to. And they given it away. Yeah. <laughs> It's tingling fresh. It's fresh as ice. It's Gibbs SR toothpaste. The tingling fresh toothpaste that does your gums good too. The tingle you get when you brush with SR is much more than a nice taste. It's a tingle of health. It tells you something very important, that you're doing your gums good and toughening them to resist infection. And as this chart shows, gum infection is the cause of more tooth losses than decay itself. The tingle in SR comes from sodium ricinoleate, a substance which both dental research and years of use in dental practice have shown to be good for the gums. So, to keep your teeth white as snow, your gums really healthy, and your breath really fresh, see your dentist regularly and brush with SR, the tingling fresh toothpaste for teeth and gums. Gibbs SR. This game international superstar soccer isn't a game that i particularly associate with sega because sega had the fifa franchise um so you you had a choice between this and fifa which you Mm. didn't necessarily have on the super nintendo initially at least and you you know Mm. obviously the fact that you could um kiss your sister when she was dressed up as a puffin made up for that in some people's eyes but the super nintendo very much went down this line international superstar soccer was their sort of flagship football game Uh, any snes fans who weren't so wrapped up in trying to have sexual relations with blood relations of theirs um (laughs) would tell you that the best football that you could get on a console was international superstar soccer. Because, of course, during the console wars, there was no sense of perspective. There was no sense of this is the best game on the SNES for football. What I remember from the time is that there was enormous confusion over what Pro Evolution and ISS were and people would get them mixed up and confused all the time because they were available if you knew where to look. Yeah. On the PS1. There was a certain over... The last um, ISS game came out in 2003. So there is yes. there is an overlap. Yeah, so for quite a long time, if you went to kind of some software shops or some game shops, um, they'd have both of them. You know, so it wasn't that there was one that wasn't available. Uh, but ISS was, yeah, it was more closely allied to um, that because the P, you know, the PS1 had 
stolen such a big market or was you know just about to already started stealing a big market share from them um and the mega drive was really associated with fifa and i think to a little bit of a lesser extent with um sensible soccer yeah as well. i don't know whether or not sensible ever made it to the super nintendo yes it did yeah I mean, yep. I assume that it probably did in some shape or uh, form. No, it, yeah, it did. I've played it. Uh, it's not as good as the Mega Drive version, which is not as good as the Amiga version. Well, there you go. The SNES version is one of the weaker versions of of the game that I've played. Take that, SNES. It throws in kind of unnecessary bells and whistles on the presentation, hmm. and they look a bit shit and a bit tacky and one of them I think it's the SNES version the the player sprites are a little bit too fat they're a little bit too kind of square doesn't look doesn't look right oh. I can't remember that the, the Mega Drive is a little bit like that but I've got a feeling it's the SNES that's really the worst one for it but we'll come back to that game when we do it yes if 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 Oh, when? I mean, you can't not, really. Well, we haven't yet. We haven't yet. And (laughs) And this is the last episode of this series, which we haven't mentioned either. Well, we mentioned it last week. I assume that uh, people are just hanging on our every word from each previous episode to now. Well, you know, but yeah, this is the last episode in this series. Yeah, that, you know, we've, we've had a second series commissioned. Have we? Yeah, by us. Oh, right. okay. And oh, um, we will no doubt get to Sensible Soccer unless we mention it in so many. And I, I do believe we've mentioned it in every single one of the first 10 episodes. I should think so, yeah. Um, often in terms of direct comparison. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be, that's just going to be epic. It is. We need to take a, good, take a good it's run up on that one. At least six hours long. <laughs> Let's discuss the gameplay and attendant things of international superstar soccer Mm. for a start i was quite impressed by the array of options not so much in terms of setting up your game there were actually very few options for that which in in a way was refreshing but before every match you get a slew of options, the like of which I don't think had been seen on a console football game before. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't really that interested in them. Well, no. Something about it just didn't really engage me. I I accidentally, for a game between England and Romania, I accidentally changed England's kit to their away kit. I didn't actually mean to do that. Yeah, I mean, you can um, the, the things that you can do in the pre-match menu include you can alter your starting eleven, you can alter their formation, including you can micro-adjust the formation. So if you want your left yeah. back to push on a bit further, you can do that. Yeah, I fiddled, I fiddled with that a bit. Did it make? I suspect it doesn't make a blind bit of difference. It did, but at the same time, um, you know, when we come on to the game itself, I will explain how that kind of intersected with <laughs> one of my negative emotions towards it. Yeah, and as you were saying, you can 
change every kit, and that includes changing the RGB color values yeah. for each element of the kit, and not only each element of the kit, but each element of a, a, a shirt. So if there's four different shaded elements in a shirt, you can change all four of them. So global hypercolor style psychedelia was not far away if you were so minded to to sit there for hours. Yeah, it was too much. And of course, because there's no You're not you're you you keep swerving that. Do you not think it was too it much? It is too much, yeah, because it right. doesn't it doesn't make it doesn't make a great deal of difference. And yeah. because there's no battery backup there is just password save. I don't know mm. how much of what you tweaked can be retained in the game or whether you're not, if you wanted to have it a certain way, you would have to do it every single time, which would yeah. get old the second time. Oh, God, yeah. That'd be awful, wouldn't it? But, yeah, I mean, it's all, it's, it's, it seems like it's, it's an arcade game with the trappings of a simulation game there. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like somebody's taken in the arcade game and they've said, well, okay, what can we bolt onto this? Yeah. Without changing the essential game dynamic, what can we what can we add on to this? And somebody's just gone, well, we've got all this memory to play with. How about loads and loads of options? Make it just have this game, but make it really, really customizable. Yeah. And I strongly suspect, strongly suspect that that you know that that would have been the mindset of the people who were making the game, and that Pro Evolution came along from the perspective of, well, why don't we try and make a game that is as realistic, yeah, in its depiction of football? Because whilst this game has its merits as an arcade game, it, it's not a simulation, and, and the success of, you know. Yeah. FIFA has demonstrated there's a market. There are aspects of this game which have proved to be extremely marketable and extremely modern, but it's mm-hmm. not the right platform for them. Mm-hmm. Um, what I will say about the pre-game menus and options is they are mercifully easy to navigate, including back buttons and reset buttons within uh-huh. which my it doesn't sound like it's a lot mm. <laughs> but by god when you have played a certain number of these old particularly console games yeah the amount of them use the fact that well you know the console's there right there on the floor in front of you and there's a reset button on there as their sort of basic get out for if you yeah. know, if you louse one little thing up, there's no mm. there's no way back, and uh, that really pisses me off. I'm I'm inclined to think that that is just uh, rather than being something that's done, you know, with mallet or forethought. I I think that's most likely just bad programming. Yeah. So let's you know, let's or bad just bad 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 game design. Let's get basically. into the game. Mm. There are. 36 playable teams. They're all international teams. 24 European teams. 6 Asia stroke Africa. And 6 North stroke South America. Mm -hmm. Turkey is included in Asia stroke Africa. So you could argue that 
you in fact get 25 European teams. That's an interesting choice, isn't it? I mean, Turkey was definitely a member of UEFA by then, and I can't believe that anybody... Or maybe they did. Yeah. But I would be surprised that anybody would look at that and go, oh, Turkey must be an Asian country. Yeah. and um, um, Or maybe African. Before every game, you can also choose what stadium you want to play at, which is an interesting addition. Mm. Uh, yeah. It's done as you might expect on a 16-bit console in not particularly great depth. I mean, essentially, it alters the dimensions of the pitch mm. and how that pitch is mowed. Uh, mm. But some of the signs around the, the outside, so, you know, if you're in the Spanish stadium, it will say, ole, ole. Uh-huh. Whereas, you know, in the... Um, French stadium, it would say Zutta Law, or I don't know what it says, but you know, the sort of platitudinous, mm-hmm. probably not yeah. quite idiomatically correct translations of. Um, I think it would, if it, if it was doing French, it would have to say Droit au Boot. <laughs> well, it may even have said. So. I don't think I played a game in the French. I, I played it. Droit au Boot means straight to goal. Which is the is Marseille. The, uh, Marseille. Marseille. Yeah. That might actually be why Marseille are the least popular team in France. It's not. But, but it's, it's also, one of the but it, Yeah, but it's also like, you know, it's also a more general kind of slightly platitudinous, yeah. you know, thing to shout at a football match. Do a goal! Sort of would thing. be the English yeah, that, that sort, Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, kind of. As in, you know, like, allays come on. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's your options going in. You arrive in the match, you've tossed the mm-hmm. coin. I generally chose heads and always won. I don't know if you always win on heads. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that was my experience as well. You then get to choose whether or not you want to kick off and get about whatever business it is that you've done. You, I mean, you could be doing a World Series, which is essentially every team playing each other seemingly endlessly until the end of time. International friendlies, that's, you know, you know the sort of thing. How did you find the actual meat of the game? The actual gameplay itself? I liked it for about a minute and a half. Until you actually have to do something that affects the result of the game. And then I started to really not like it very much. Yeah, um, it's very neat. I like the the neatness of the animation and the passing and the all of that is quite good. But then you get yeah. to the business end and find that it's just well, nothing. There's nothing there. It's numb. It's No, it's like there are two buttons to shoot. Yeah. Um, except there are no buttons to shoot. There's a button to pass the ball along the ground, yeah. and there's a pass, and there's a button to lob the ball up in the air. You, what you can do with the controls, I later discovered, is what they've done is, and we've said this before. Where's the sprint button on here? Well, mm. we finally get a sprint button, but at what cost? And the cost is shooting. So mm. you can either choose to have a sprint button, or a shoot button or a lob button 
one of them's right. one of them has to go. Or you could get rid of the pass button, which would be very much more up your street, I think. Mm. Just get rid of the pass oh, button and just stick with sprint, hoof it, or shoot. And actually, from what I can see on that game, that's probably not such a bad idea because although the passing is quite crisp and very nicely animated, it doesn't really do you an awful lot of good because the players mill around the field a lot and one of the better ways to score a goal seems to just be to dribble it round the goalkeeper. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I found was that in terms of getting into attacking positions, short passing was the best way to do it. Yeah. Um, but I did also find that if my players got between a defender and the ball, they were almost untackleable. Yeah. Because they wouldn't go in for the sliding tackle mm. for fear of getting the inevitable red card when it's completely <laughs> mistimed. <laughs> Which happened to me once. <laughs> and that would mean that until somebody else came in from the front to try and tackle them, then your player is suddenly through him with a chance of shooting. The problem with that, of course, is that you can't fucking shoot. No. You could just, like, you know, I think the game is teed up to reward crosses. It is. And actually, I think that that is a very pertinent point that you raise there because the goalkeepers are more or less completely unbeatable if you just yeah. if you just kick the ball at them that's no way to beat a goalkeeper if you kick, yeah. kick a ball at the goal that's no way to beat a goalkeeper the best you can hope for is that they'll spill it and you'll be able to get the rebound however mm. the best way to score it seems certainly if you're the computer playing against me <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. is to just hoy a great big cross in and then they will head the ball in a sort of graceful arc over the keeper's head and that's all she wrote. Oh, right. So oh, okay. I, think that, yeah. I think that you're probably exactly right, that the game is set up to make headed goals particularly uh, effective. Yeah. And I mean, that's not far off a first, I wouldn't have thought. Well, again, yeah, we've thought. said before that there's not a lot of heading. I mean, FIFA 95 had some, you know, the, the ability to head the ball was very much in there and yeah. had decent functionality. But I don't think I've ever well, yeah. I mean, found sensible, a game like this. Sensible soccer, yeah, Sensible Soccer had heading. Yeah, um, but the, a game where heading is actually not only... Achievable in your head and yeah. bouncing. No, it's not only achievable, but it's yeah. also mm-hmm. particularly desirable. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's a sign of how things are moving along. Of course, the problem is that you're at the threshold now where people are going to be starting to expect absolutely everything any minute. Yeah, by the time of FIFA, what ninety seven? Yeah, the worst FIFA. You expecting a football game to have offside to have headers? To have, you know, yeah, um, proper tackling. Well, I think by that point, have, you know, all of the all, all, all of those things thing. that you might want from a football game had been done. They hadn't actually probably all, all been done at the same time in the same place, but they'd mm. all been done. So it had been demonstrated that all of those things could be done. It was just up to someone to bring them all together. 
Yeah. I mean, the only thing that I don't see in the modern generation of games, and I'm not sure whether it happens or not, whether I've just missed out on it, is that I've been obviously playing FIFA 20 lately. And um, I haven't seen a handball. No, I, I don't think you do see a lot of handballs. No. No. They need to bring that in. They need to bring that in the old VAR in. Everyone knows it. <laughs> the, the utter aching, screaming pointlessness of having VAR in a computer game. In a video game. Means it doesn't. The, the, the inevitability of it, it in, happening. I, yeah. oh God. I haven't seen it in FIFA 20. I haven't. I've seen like kind of screenshots that could look a little bit like it or whatever, but I haven't I haven't seen a whole thing where say, you know, a referee yeah. goes and looks at a you know, a a big screen or something like that. I I haven't seen that. I assume I assume it's not in it. I'm sure I would have heard about it if it was. If they do introduce VAR in football games, I mm. am going to go back and play all these games again mm. with the assumption that the referee is in fact fallible because clearly they've been fallible this whole time. And then yeah. I'm well, going I mean, to bemoan I mean, yeah, the fact they, that yeah, I haven't have. got the option to, yeah. con- you know, contend I mean, course, these yeah. I mean, of course they, I mean, of course they've been infallible. The infallibility, well, you know, fallibility has been built into referees on video games since... You know, the early 1990s. I suspect it's actually in this one because you can choose the referee. In, in yeah. there are three referees, or there's a random one. I've got the names. I don't know. I don't know whether that's entirely cosmetic. It might be. It might yeah. not be. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't take much. That's the thing. It's a very simple tweak to make a referee more or less. Yeah. Strict. There's Carlos. For... There's Heinz, and there's Hasegawa. So presumably, you've got your right. Latin one. Your Teutonic one and your Asian one. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I mean, I like I say, I don't know uh, whether in the case of this game it made any difference or whether it was only cosmetic. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it did. I wouldn't be surprised if some referees were more trigger happy, more some yeah. referees were more card happy. Yeah, I would imagine because you only, you know, you only need three referees, and you've got card happy, card not happy, and Mike Dean. Uh, Whistle happy, whistle not happy. Yeah. So there you go. You just chuck that four, those four, three of those four in amongst those three guys, and there you've got. Do they different... have actual referees on FIFA? Uh, I don't think they so. Haven't, no. They haven't bought into that the personality cult no. of the referee yet. That's coming, I'm sure. No. Well, you've got to bear in mind that they don't have cutscenes in like TV studios either. No. You know, like you might think they would. I think is it Madden has that. Yeah. Um, and I think the one of the baseball ones does as well. I'm not sure which one, but it's quite common in American games, and it has been for quite a long time. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. since since the Mega Drive. Oh yeah, absolutely. For American games to start like a TV sports broadcast, yeah. FIFA doesn't. A, a FIFA match starts from the team coming out the tunnel. There's no pre-match. And, you know, yeah, and we can only thank animated, God for that. Yeah, animated Des Lynam sitting behind the screen. I could, I could but deal I think, with animated Des Lynam. I, I yeah. worry about his Richard Keys. Yeah, well, you know what I mean. Richard Keys and Andy <laughs> Gray or whatever. <laughs> they would have some but, hot takes. 
Yeah, and you don't get that, and you don't get that on the last version of Pro Evolution that I played either. No, I don't think. No, and uh, and I mean, if they were going to introduce VAR, then it would have to be like an option, wouldn't it? You'd have to give people the right to switch it off. Uh, I, I I honestly think that if they or do you think if 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 they're going to put it in, they should make it compulsory? I th- yeah, I think they should, and that the the option to switch it off should be the option to just kill anyone who buys that game if they left it um if they if they put var in and made it compulsory i think that that would result in ea having the shit fire bombed out of them I, by 4chan i do think that yeah i think that the, I mean, EA would probably go the same way as Sega did, uh, yeah. and in a very similar time frame. And then, obviously, we would have to deal with the fact that the oceans were now completely choked with PlayStation Fours and Xboxes. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it would not. It but... would be just thinking about it, it's bringing them out in hives. Actually, yeah, you've got all to look forward to in a couple of weeks. Oh God, what the hives? It's back. It is back. The soccer. It's back. The soccer's <laughs> coming. Soccer's coming. To be home. honest, the way things are going at the moment, I wouldn't be surprised if the hives were also coming. Yeah, Get the old hive. Yeah. It takes more than an instant to make a real cup of coffee. That's why Nescafe has come up with a new kind of coffee. It's more than an instant. It's new Minute Brew Nescafe. Anybody can make a coffee more instant. But Nescafe makes it more coffee, a new kind of coffee, Minute Brew. Minute Brew Nescafe is a new discovery, a new way to hold in extra rich flavor. So please help us. Let it brew in the cup a few seconds longer for all that extra flavor to come out. In other words, with Minute Brew Nescafe, it takes a little longer, but you get a lot more coffee. If you agree it takes more than an instant to make a real cup of coffee, Buy this completely new kind of coffee today. New Minute Brew Nescafe. It's more than an instant, yet costs no more. New Minute Brew Nescafe. So, look, you can't score past the goal. I think that that's, I think that that's a flaw in the game. Oh, yeah, it yeah, It does yeah. mean, I mean there's no game, real we... hot-spotting, which is a, a, yeah. a positive. That's a good thing, yeah. Yeah, well, it's that. a good thing because you just can't score. The goalkeepers yeah. are all Gordon Stewart. Um, let's talk about the sound and sound effects. The fucking music at the start of it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, look. Um, well, there the, you go. The slow, the slow development of football, of of music within video games is something that I have lamented because bad music is worse than no music. But it's a, it's a well-known games... fact that the game music peaked in 1992 with Streets of Rage 2, the greatest mm. video game soundtrack of them all. Um, yeah, but but it wasn't in, in it that... wasn't built on. <laughs> yeah, but in the home and in the a lot of it was just piss weak. Well, and yeah. the music at the start of this is 
terror. I don't even... What the hell is going on? And then you've got the commentator once the game starts. And I know that, you know, it's the commentary from this game is in the title, you know, of this very podcast. Yeah. I understand. I'm a hypocrite. Well, I don't think you're a hypocrite because the the title of the podcast doesn't necessarily celebrate that. It just yeah, acknowledges it's not, the fact. Yeah, it's not from this version of the game, actually. It's from, I think, the 97-98 version. Yeah. Uh, which might be the one that has got super furry animals in it. Wow. Might be. Or that might be actual soccer. I'm not sure. But anyway, I'm sure we'll be cor- I'm sure we'll be corrected on it. We always are. <laughs> but um it but yeah, there was a, a slightly later version of it. Um but the the music at the start of this is just awful. The commentary is just it's yeah. terrible. It is mercifully quiet, I'll say that. When, I mean, the commentary, for people who've not played this game, it's not uh, even a rudimentary form. Of, it's a beyond rudimentary form of commentary in that yeah, yeah. Uh, a semi-robotic voice announces what has just happened. So, you know, goal, throw in, free kick, yeah. free Corner. kick. Yeah. That sort of business. Um, yeah, there's no there's no names being used. There's no real names on the players. Are no, there? I think to be fair, it's still better than Peter Drury's commentary on Pez eighteen. I don't know. I don't know. I like I love dear old Peter Drury. But don't don't start baiting me now. Yeah, the uh, commentary didn't bother me particularly. I mean, you you sort of zone it out for one thing, and also yeah, no, the late the later versions it. Definitely worse. Yeah, well, I suppose that as the facility to do more stuff came about, the uh-huh. worse it's going to get, isn't it, really? The, the more liberties can be taken, the more liberties will be taken. F- uh-huh. For that is the nature of humanity. It didn't bother me so much. I mean, actually, I wouldn't mind modern football games to have such spare commentary. If somebody just were to say corner kick mm. although actually i play pez without the commentary on and uh, i've never missed it never once because i always have it on because i just can't be bothered to go into the options and switch off it doesn't make any difference to me either way around particularly you know no well it's only if it's so bad so bad mm. but mm. one thing i will say about international superstar soccer is international that if you were enormously bothered by the music and or uh, the commentary, there is no way to turn it off. There's a way to make it stereo or mono, but that's all you're getting. Yeah, I mean, it's... And that, again, I think, is this kind of... um, This this arcade influence, you know. It's... um, A simulation game doesn't have some piece of awful trashy music playing over it while you're trying to play the game um, a simulation game would want you to be concentrating not to be distracted by crappy music um, and I think that the problem there is that ultimately ISS falls between two stools It's the arcade days are over there's no space for it there's no need for it in a, for, for an arcade football game anymore 
um, the people who want the game are heading in a completely different direction. You know, the the the, the ones who are going to be playing the totally realistic FIFA and Pro Evolution games, they're the ones who are now effectively playing the arcade game. Because the ones who are effectively playing the simulation game are playing fucking Football Manager. Yes. So everything went away from the arcade and towards realistic. So much so that what would now be considered the arcade game 25 years ago would have looked, or 22, 23 years ago, whatever, would have looked to those people like just a video recording of of a football match. Yeah. It would have been so realistic to them. And and it's now it's like I say, if you want a football arcade game for a home console, those are the arcade options. Let's touch on um before, you know, before we wind everything up for this uh, week and this series, let's touch semester semester exactly term whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's touch on one interesting and unique. It's well, it's not entirely unique, but I've not seen a football game with it, particularly that I can recall. Uh, the the scenario feature. Oh it off, God! It yeah, offers I you twelve twelve this. different scenarios where you're playing as a team. You're in a certain position. You are faced with usually a set piece to take. And you've got a certain amount of time to redress the balance. Yeah. There's 12 different ones. I've I've noted them all down here. My favourite one was uh, Scenario 12, which is the the final one, and and rated five stars for hardness. So this is the hardest Mm. one. England won, Japan won, two seconds remain, and it's England's corner. Jesus. The The best part about that is the the blurb which I think shows a very keen understanding of what English football is all about. Unbelievably, England conceded a goal to a country from Asia. It will be just as losing if the game ends in a tie. That's the that's the blurb you get. So is this a like is this a Japanese person who wrote this or an English person who wrote it? It sounds like an English person, but it sounds like. It was a Japanese person with an extremely keen understanding of everything about the English psyche. Uh, and also, okay. if you if you look not particularly closely mm. um, at the teams in the team selection screen, you can see all of their various ratings for the strength of their goalkeepers and midfield and, and defenders and, and so forth. England mm. aren't actually very good. Fair. England aren't even very good compared with Wales. Or Scotland, so I don't know whether well, that, or not, maybe un, maybe unfair maybe unfair, but I don't know whether or not that there there were some axes being ground here. I didn't. I have to confess, play a game with or against Japan, so I don't know whether or not this game features one of our old tropes: Japan being freakishly good. Yeah, at, yeah. at football on um, Japanese video games, I. Tried a scenario, and I think the scenario that I tried was number five. 
Okay. Uh, which should involve Turkey. Yeah, Turkey won, Sweden won. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. 49, had... 49 seconds remain and it's Turkey's throwing. 49 seconds? Yep. It's such a weird amount. All right, make it a minute then. <laughs> did you the did you manage to... Uh, did you no, manage I tried to... it about three or four times and didn't, didn't once. The one thing I would say is that... There was a lot of injury time. I know. Actually, the first game that I played, I was already thinking I need to switch the the match time to three minutes rather than five because it, it said match time rather than half time. Yeah. Uh, so I thought, well, that needs to change. But I didn't mm. think I was even going to get there because the injury time seemed longer than the half. Yeah. On the whole, not impressed. I wasn't particularly impressed. I was hoping for a bit more, if I'm honest, because when you are 15, 16, and these things really matter, and uh, you've got a lot of friends telling you that what you really want is international superstar soccer, that's the one. That's the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it turns out, actually, they're all wrong. I can fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hate them. (laughs) Fucking... Snez playing pricks. sister banging pricks, <laughs> yiffy pricks. Um, but apologise, uh, apologies to anybody never, who owns no. a Nintendo. Never. Um, no, actually, no, nowadays the Nintendo I don't think is afflicted with any of these. I had a very pleasing um, evening playing Animal Crossing this week, for example. Uh, I caught a great white shark. Yeah, I mean the last version of Animal Crossing that I played was on the Wii, and it looks just kind of unimpressive and a bit creepy on that. And I don't know whether that's mm. changed or whether it's better. No, it's or... it's absolutely banging now. I don't know, I don't know why anyone's still stuck in the football game world when there's oh, right, uh, Animal okay. Crossing about. Our what new a place! Animal Crossing podcast starts in September. Even though only one of us has got a Nintendo Switch. But yeah, International Superstar Soccer let me down a little bit. I I was a bit surprised by the fact that even at that point we are still at the best way to score is just to dribble in a zigzag down the field and round the goalkeeper world. Rather than a game where they, they have obviously taken so much care about being able to pass and being able to set up your team the exact way you want. And it's all for nothing because you you can't really score unless you do that or yeah. can head the ball in a predictable and accurate way. And um, just, uh, you know, yeah, that's, just that's bullshit. Of, yeah, just sucked a bit. You know, and yeah, it didn't suck a lot. Even it's even sucked at sucking. Yeah, I mean, I I probably would play it again to see if you it still sucked as bad. No, for, I mean, for everything that I've said, I probably would play it again. If it, if I was if I found myself in the mood for an arcade football game, hmm. uh, and I tell you what, I, actually, I was all sensible out because sensible takes care of that. You know that 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 itch. Yeah. Um, if if those weren't available, then 
yeah, that maybe I'd give ISS a go again. But I mean, that's not a particularly bringing endorsement because I'm not an arcade football games guy. I don't know under what circumstances I would be in the mood for let's play a game which is kind of visually a little bit like football but actually doesn't play like it at all. I think it would be a really good two-player game. Possibly. Because I think the slight vagaries of the passing system and the fact that you're never really sure whether or not you're passing into space or to a, a your opposition or to a teammate and the fact that the goalkeepers are more or less infallible mm-hmm. would give an, a, a sort of peril and edge to every game. Yeah, that's fair. Where yeah. if you were actually in a room playing against somebody... I think that it would give it an additional frisson that you wouldn't get necessarily with a game that was completely accurate and simulated and allowed you to use skill. Yeah, but again, you know, you're into the difference between arcade and simulator type games there because the arcade experience, the arcade game, wanted two people playing at the same time twice as much money for the same amount of time that the machine is in use. So they were yes. kind of, you know, they were almost optimised for for two-player games. You don't want one one person only playing on it if you can get two people in at the same time. There's the simulator games... Well, I mean, again, because the technology had moved on, it became easier to make it more realistic. And it became easier to not need to worry about doing one or the other of anything because you could do it all. Hmm. So realism, yeah. the answer to everything. Oh God, I'd, I'd sooner not. I've, I've had about I've had about enough of realism. Oh uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm up to my I'm up to my pits, up to my pits in, realism. in realism. Yeah. Anyway, that's it then. That's it for this series. We 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 were just testing this one out but we think we're going to do another one and I don't know when it's going to be I think in the meantime we're going to either take a little bit of time off or try and do something else I don't know yet but um, it's been a pleasure 10 weeks series done job done I've played a lot of shit and uh, just looking back looking back through my notebook and and through the uh, artwork uh, of each podcast today it brought back a lot of memories. Yeah. Some of which I will be suppressing at a later yeah, date. Yeah, you need to get those suppressed again. Um, mm. Let them... Uh, let them kind really, of... Really, really tramp them down deep, deep within. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really deep, heavy, serious neuroses that feel like <laughs> nightmares. <laughs> that you can't... Yeah. And you can't even remember where they came from. Yeah, the sort of nightmare where... You 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 wake up but you can't move. Yeah yeah yeah. Mm. Just yeah, awful. Anyway, right, that's it for this podcast series. We'll be back some point in the near future. Keep an eye on me at least on Twitter at to t w o h t. Always get that. Or wrong. just you know subscribe to this podcast and when it you know when the second season starts, it'll be back. There you go. So um, thanks very much for listening and goodbye.